WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week's episode is silly. Uh, there's really no other way to describe it. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago I wanted to learn more about the Power Rangers, given how well news about their comics does on WMQComics.com. So I brought back friend of the show, Andrew Magazoo, whom you may remember from the IDW Hasbroverse episode we did during the summer. Andrew's a good dude, very knowledgeable about the subject matter. Uh, I learn a lot talking to him. I'm going to warn you all, though, this episode derails, in a, in a fun way, I, I'm not trashing my own episode, <laughs> uh, about halfway through when he introduces the 2003 Marvel Romance Comics miniseries Trouble by Mark Miller and Terry and Rachel Dotson into my life. Uh, uh, in all seriousness, though, this was a fun episode to record. Uh, I love having Andrew on. I love the whole gang over at Farpoint Toys and Collectibles. Uh, they are all stars. But let's regroup. What is going on over at WMQComics.com? Oodles! Uh, Matt Lazowitz has given us the second part of his two-parter with the hosts of the Smash Fiction Podcast. Find out what makes those guys and gals tick and how they go about pitting various intellectual properties against each other. Uh, He's also got a fresh bonus reading column that'll be up Monday on Four Ways Dark Horse's Buffy comics, improved on the mythology of the TV show. And uh, Joshy B, Joshua Bermont, has a review up of Aftershock's Moth and Whisper number one. And we've also got one up for uh, Ahoy Comics' The Wrong Earth number one. Uh, in fact, Ahoy editor-in-chief Tom Payer is going to be a guest on this show very shortly. Uh, so there's a whole lot of content going on. And there could be even more. Uh, you know, we're always looking for new voices to write reviews, maybe dabble in some longer form pieces. So give us a shout. Uh, slippity slide into our DMs at WMQ Comics on Twitter or email WMQgrams at gmail.com. Now here's me and Andrew. Andrew, more than any of my other guests, I feel like I bring you on to teach me something each time. Last time you were on, we talked about the IDW, uh, Hasbroverse books, Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, whatnot. This week you're here because I needed an expert, a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers expert, and you humbly volunteered. Yeah, Absolutely. I guess to start, uh, let's establish your, your, your bona fides, as it will. How far back do you go with the teenagers with attitude? Really, really, really quick. Yeah. Thank you for bringing me on to the show. I love the site. I love the podcast. I love you. Aww. Yeah. And so a lot, of lo- a lot of love in this virtual space. Really quick to future comic guests. Yes. Dan Grote will treat you right. Like he just said, he brings me on to talk about Transformers. I love Transformers. He brings me on to talk about Power Rangers, segue into my history with them. Um, I have – I all right, to, to, to take a banism, some people may have adopted Power Rangers, but I was born into it. Um, I was born in 95. That's two years into Power Ranger fever, as it were. Mm-hmm. So we had been through two seasons of Mighty Morphin. The movie was coming out. The ninja powers were coming out. Um, so I didn't really grow up with Mighty Morphin first airs. Uh, I don't know if people remember the Fox Kids that was, but, uh, I mean, I do. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I was Uh, there, man. Yeah, uh, Power Rangers would play on weekdays, like, like older episodes, like crazy. Uh, and then there, there was, um, what is now Freeform, the new name for ABC Family, but was once... Fox Family uh, would also just play pa- – play. it was a great block because it would be Power Rangers and then it would be this obscure Canadian show that I'm convinced 
only me and like three other people watched called Big Wolf on Campus. What? Um, Big Wolf on Campus. Yeah, I never heard of it. <laughs> Imagine if Teen Wolf was a superhero in a world that was part Buffy, part Power Rangers. Okay. All right. Sounds low budget and furry. Absolutely. And, and, and Canadian. Very, very Canadian. So also failingly polite. Yeah. I, yeah well, I, you know, it's like everyone joke. you know, going back to Power Rangers, everyone jokes about how Bulk and Skull are the most inefficient bullies in TV history. I don't even remember the names of the bullies of Big Wolf on campus, but those guys were, were you, you know, they would be intimidated by Bulk and Skull. Um, let, let, let's get the back on topic. Um, because, uh, yeah, so I huge, huge fan of power Rangers stuck with them till I was about like hitting teenage. Uh, and you know, I, I, I kind of went through one of those gross phases of like, you know, thinking I, I should be cooler, you know, like power, you know, not liking power Rangers is, is not cool or something, even though it totally is. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. So, um, and, and, and I, 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 I fell out of love, uh, fell back in love and retraced my steps. And, uh, I'm, I like to consider myself a Power Ranger super fan to, to the now. Okay. Back second. Um, so I, I can, I confess and I actually confessed this in the intro to like two episodes ago. I know nothing about Power Rangers. It's just a blank spot in my pop culture knowledge. I think I was maybe like a year or two older when they came on the scene than the age at which I would have been into them. You know, I don't have anything. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to say anything negative at all. I, you know, I'm, I'm just simply and humbly pleading ignorance. But since I've started the site, you know, whenever I post previews or solic- solicit info about Power Rangers comics, it just blows up. So I, I guess to kind of start, have you been reading this, this Shattered Great crossover that's been going on through the, the ah. boom books uh, since the spring? I may have been keeping touch with an issue or two, you know. I I may have bought the Power Rangers art book. Um, yeah, I, I – Shattered Grid – I have – so, like, I've been having this, like, weird thing with event books, man. Okay. I, I, keep, I keep coming in – like, I, I, I did not not like metal, but I wanted metal to be way cooler than I thought it was. Let me put it that way. Really? Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like I didn't. I overall loved it. I, 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 I'm gonna take it back. I'm I'm contradicting myself already. I thought metal was really really cool. I don't know. I maybe I overhyped things, man. Uh, and but like with Shattered Grid, it has been everything I wanted it to be. And I've been utterly satisfied. I have to give Kyle Higgins and friends. That's what I call the. I, that's a huge disservice to all of the wonderful people who work there. But I, I at boom. But uh, I, I just laugh. I mean, now it's going to be Marguerite Bennett and friends, but um, who have done just an incredible job with um, with 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 how they've been d- doing everything with Shattergrid and how how they've been unfolding the story. And I, I was actually a little bit worried because Power Rangers has a very bad track record of do of uh in terms of anniversary specials because okay. i don't know if you know this they have had anniversary specials uh we last night uh oh wait uh, uh um this this will be airing mid-september so yeah 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 sorry um at, last night at this record it the 28th of august okay um they they did the 25th anniversary power ranger special 
Um, Where was this, like Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon, primetime. The first time Power Rangers has aired on primetime since it premiered. It was a big deal. Uh, Because it's been Saturday mornings and, like, uh, you know, other... Yeah, but so so it, it was. It, this is a heavily publicized, heavily um, anticipated event. Uh, the last time we had an anniversary special, it was not that good. And to me, the reason it it, it well, it, there were several issues. To me, one of the main ones why the twentieth anniversary special did not succeed as much as the twenty fifth. The twenty fifth was able to be its own standalone thing. Because it happened mid-season, the uh, or that was the twenty-fifth. The twentieth mm-hmm. anniversary special was also the season finale. So, like, they were wrapping up the uh, all of the plot lines that that season was doing, along with getting the anniversary stuff in. Okay. Uh, and it was just a, a muddled mess, and it, w- it was it was really really complicated, and and and. There was it was it was it was not what last night was, and I really enjoyed last night. Um, and that's why I'm I'm going back to Shattered Grid. What I love so much about the event is that it is, and what I think is the marking of a good comic event, it 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 fulfills what what Higgins and um oh my uh Ryan Parrot how do you, yeah Parrot I, I I always blank on his last name. What they were doing in their individual book, it fulfills the plot lines of those individual books while still being a standalone story. I'm so – I don't understand the wizardry that's going on where Kyle Higgins is able to fulfill seeds that he planted two years ago while also still telling something that honors the entirety of the franchise. It's really, really impressive from a, from a writing standpoint. It's, it's, it, it's something that – to, to me, the la- my my favorite all time event has is Blackest Night, the um, Green Lantern story. Yes, I'm yeah Green Lantern Blackest mm-hmm. Night. Um, I and I feel like events haven't really every subsequent event I've read hasn't really matched up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's another one that did that did a re- Jeff Johns did a really really great job of fulfilling all of his seeded plot lines from the ongoing as well as telling its own individual story. And, and I just think that that Shattered Grid has been that and so much more. There is, uh, I don't, am I allowed to talk about Shattered Grid spoilers? Yeah, again, again this is coming out uh, a couple weeks. Uh, so um, right when like the new creators are starting to pick up. Gotcha, but anyway, okay. yeah, no, spoil away. Okay, yeah. there's just, there's a beautiful scene in the, uh, in the ongoing, because for people who don't know, Shattered Grid primarily exists within the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers ongoing and the Go Go Power Rangers ongoing. Yeah, um, yeah, give a give a quick like give a quick like plot synopsis for people. Oh, who absolutely. Are, All right. Know. So in, in the Mighty Morphin ongoing, uh, Kyle Higgins revealed an alternate v- future timeline version of Tommy Oliver, the Mighty Morphin Green Ranger, White Ranger, and he was a bunch of other colors after that. But those are his two most iconic looks. Um, so, so the, it's an alternate version of Tommy that stayed evil after the. Uh, oh, oh, wait, no, hold on. I'm, you know, I'm gonna go even further for you. So, in the original Mighty Morphin series, there was a five episode story arc called Green of Evil, introducing the character of Tommy and introducing the Green Ranger powers. He debuted as the Green Ranger. Mm-hmm. In that debut, he was a mind controlled ranger. Uh, uh, brainwashed by the main antagonist of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers at the time, Rita Repulsa. 
at the end of Green with Evil, he's freed from her influence, and the Rangers kind of go, you know, we understand you weren't doing what you were, you know, you weren't in control of yourself, you didn't do the choices you did, we want to partner up with you. Um, uh, oh, sorry, uh, brain fart. Um, and, he, and he kind of joins with them. In the uh, the, the Lord Dra- uh oh god, I forgot. Draken. Lord Draken? Yeah. Or Draken, it's Draken. In, in the Lord Draken timeline, uh, Tommy Oliver leaves before the Rangers have, have the chance to say they forgive him and they want to be his friend. He, he up and leaves. Uh, and he globetrots for a bit and with both the Rangers and Rita looking for him. And Rita is able to find him first. And even though Rita, uh, he still doesn't trust Rita from the fact that she just brainwashed him and manipulated him, he's also still a teenager in a very, very sensitive, vulnerable position. And Rita is a over-a-thousand-year-old space witch. So she, she's been around the block, and she knows what to say to a vulnerable teenager and convinces him to side with her anyway. And so the, the main that's the main key divergent point of the the Drac, Drac, Draken timeline, mm-hmm. Draken timeline, um, and that is what leads him to side against the Rangers and eventually beat the Rangers and take over his universe. Um, in in the in the second story arc of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Draken goes up against the Power Rangers. And uh, it's basically sort of like a crisis on two worlds, uh, Earth 3 type storyline of the, the main Earth Rangers versus Draken. But it's only them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draken didn't. So, so Draken survived that story, defeated, but survived. And he has basically been waiting to return. Uh, I, I'm skipping a whole lot to, for the sake of convenience. And that's fine. He has been waiting to return to. to start what he calls the Great Campaign, which is uh, a war with every single ranger in the multiverse to take over the uh, connecting power source of all the Power Ranger powers. And also, called- also in the Great Campaign, he really wants you to read his Indiegogo comics gate book. <laughs> it's already funded, man! Oh man, I am. Hey, all right, we're not, t- we're not going there. We're not going there yet. Hold on. I, no, I'm just happy. I'm happy you can. I say I'm happy you took off that that plug. You 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 opened that you opened that package for me, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it did, um, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So after he uh, was on Comedy Central on a segment, uh, Lord Lord <laughs> Lord Draken. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the Australian late night show comedian. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, Jim Jeffries. Yeah, after he was on Jim. So Draken guest stars on Jim Jeffries. Um, and then is this, after, a, is this a bit? Are you improving yeah, right now? I'm going. I'm I'm playing off your your comics gate reference. Yes, um, and okay, great. Yeah, um, I I took improv. Um, no, but seriously, so he survives. He starts his great campaign. He wages war on the multiverse rangers, and that is the main crux of Shattered Grid is uh, Draken kind of unexpectedly, because he he had been monitoring them for some time. Mm-hmm. He unexpectedly goes and attacks all these different ranger teams uh, to the detriment of 
the morphing grid and the time. You know, you you've read Crisis on Infinite Earths. So you can fill in the blanks. Oh yeah, uh, no, absolutely. But it, it, that's also kind of a disservice because I think there is a lot of originality in Shattered Grid. I think there's a lot of amazing world built. It's just such a great read, man. Especially like even if you have no, no connection to Power Rangers, I feel like you can get something out of the storyline. As a Power Ranger fan, it's magic. And uh, so, yeah, so there's this one scene late in the game Mm -hmm. where uh, the good guys have finally gotten their stuff together. You know, they they, they finally aren't getting wailed on by this unexpected foe. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they make the, the big call to get everybody, all of the Rangers, to come in one location. You know, they're finally going on the offensive. And, and they make this call to get all these rangers to teleport into uh, a, sort of a nexus dimension in, in uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they're like, are, are they coming? When, when are they going to get here? Like, you know, th- they've been waiting for them for some time. And Alpha 5, the robot sidekick to the Power Rangers, for listeners who don't know, uh, says, oh, we're, we're getting them. They're coming in. And when they go outside, there's a meteor shower of Power Rangers uh, teleporting to the command center. And it is a gorgeous image. It is a, a, a beautiful image by uh, Daniele uh, Di... Um, De Nicolo or De Nicolo? Please, yeah. yeah, De Nicolo, I think. I think that's... A, thank, mm. thank you. Um, I, I, I am a guy who constantly gets his last name mispronounced. You would think that uh, that would give me empathy to that. I constantly fail so many wonderful people by butchering their names. Anyway, um, but yeah, so, so, so Daniele did this incredible uh, two-page spread that touches my very soul as a Power Ranger fan. Uh, so yeah, I would say that the Shattered Grid story arc has been incredible. It's, I, I was not a big fan of the first year of Kyle Higgins' work. I was not. I was. I. I didn't think it was bad, but I wasn't vibing with it as much as other people were. Okay. Year two, I adored. When in year two, they started exploring a little bit more because year one was was Green Ranger year one. Mm-hmm. That Kyle Higgins has described that as such in panels and interviews. Um, I wasn't really interested in that. I. 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 I for people who don't know, Tommy Oliver is an insanely He's my favorite Power Ranger. So this is coming from a guy who who loves Tommy. Uh, but he is the most popular Power Ranger. And because of that, he has been spotlighted – or he has received the spotlight increasingly in the actual TV show. I'll give it context for non-Power Ranger fans. He's the Wolverine of the Power Rangers. He is Wolverine. I, I love Wolverine. Wolverine's awesome. They're even doing an old man Green Ranger story in, in, they are doing in, in the man- fall. Yes, he's Wolverine. That's exactly right. And and I'm sure there are X-Men fans who got a little sick of Wolverine in the movies. You know what I mean? And the comics. and, and Right, you know, no, and the comics. But, you know, I, I wasn't, I just wasn't that intrigued by year one Green Ranger. Mm-hmm. At least as the opening salvo of this new boom studios world we found ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Um... Year two had a lot more interesting stuff. Like they did the Power Rangers of 1969. They did uh, – uh, they introduced a Green Ranger version 
of of the Psycho Rangers, which are huge old long-standing Power Ranger fans. Uh, they did a lot of character work for the character Finster. Um, and by the way, I want to segue this into a different thing. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite things about the Boom Studio comics mm-hmm. that I don't feel like people are talking about enough is the short stories by Trey Moore. Mm, okay. Are you familiar with those at all? I am not. Trey Moore has done, so far, three short stories in the three different Power Ranger annuals okay. that Boom has put out. He has done exceptional work all three times. He has hit it out of the park all three times. He and uh, So he did two origin stories. He did an origin story for Goldar, and he did an origin story for Finster, who's a Power Ranger, classic Power Ranger villain monster. Okay. Um, both of those are amazing, and I really hope they are now considered the official canon origins for those characters because they're just so, so cool. Um, I, I, ha- I do have some issues with the Finster storyline. Like, I, I love it, and it kind of plays up on the fridging trope a little bit. Okay, uh, okay. Which, which I, you can understand I have mixed feelings about. Mm-hmm. But I also, but it's done in such a well way that I can forgive it. D- does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, so, so like, no, and again, Traymore is absolutely a guy I would love to have a conversation with because I, I admire the man so, so much. And I think he's a really, really talented uh, uh, writer. And I really hope we see his name more and more. In, in comics in general, but specifically in Power Rangers media, because okay. he clearly has an affection for this story, for these universe and these characters. Uh, and, and going back to the Finster short story, especially, um, I don't know if you have you noticed that horror comics have made a swing, have made a return. Oh hell yeah! Uh, Ice Cream Man, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gideon Falls. These are all image books, actually. That yeah, Gideon Falls, uh, House of Muck that just came out. Um, yeah, it yeah, definitely. Did that come out? I thought that was just solicited. It just came out today, uh, okay. Wednesday the 29th when we're recording. Okay. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, this is a, this is more horror action, but Brothers Dracul uh, at, yeah. uh, Aftershock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've, been lo- I've been loving that. Oh, my God. Uh, that's actually educational and fun. Um, but yeah, I actually, it was, it was funny cause I, I watched drunk history on occasion. Sure. Uh, they did their Dracula episode a few months after I had read the first three issues of brothers Dracul. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool seeing them retell, I, you know, I don't know if drunk history is, is if they're both super accurate or both inaccurate, but they were very, very similar in their retellings. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that Cullen Bunn is just a, a very, very, uh, well-read man when it comes to uh, Eastern European history, but that again, that's another podcast. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, let's let, let's pull it back a little bit here. So uh, you know, let's look kind of to the future of the Power Ranger uh, comics. What I, what I was just saying is that the yeah. Finster short story is a great oh. horror short story. Okay. Like, like that's a Power Ranger story, but it, it also functions incredibly well as this sort of like uh, psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. in the Power Ranger universe. So, okay. like I said, cannot say enough things about Trey Moore. But sorry, continue yeah. what you were saying. Uh, but yeah, so so kind of looking into the future, uh, we actually, uh, again, greetings from August 29th, uh, Boom sent out uh, the first preview today of 
you know, the first uh, uh, Money Morphin 31. Okay, yes. so it's the first issue after Shutter Grid. You've got yes. your new creative team. Uh, it's Marguerite Bennett writing, Simone DeMeo on art. And the team itself, this is a very post-Shutter Grid team. They're basically pulling in rangers from all over. So it's not yes. that solid original team. Now, if you're somebody like you know yourself who's been following rangers since the beginning, you're used to that because they change rangers like what, once a year? Uh, so... It, uh all right, so so in the original mighty the original mighty Morphin team, mm -hmm. more or less, lasted I would say uh, five years. Okay. No, four years, four years. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that changed with with the second half of Power Rangers Turbo, where they did a complete cast upheaval. In the movie. Oh or, no no! Wait. In the show in the show in the show. Oh okay. I was thinking. I'm sorry. I was thinking Turbo a Power Rangers movie. No, yeah, exactly. So there's a distinction. Ah. There's Power Rangers Turbo the show. Mm -hmm. Then there is Turbo a Power Rangers movie. Which came first? The movie. Which came first? It was basically the first episode of Power Rangers Turbo. Uh, by okay. the way, I. No, so is no, that no. like a Doctor Who regeneration? Uh yeah. Basically, it. it, it um, so. After Power Rangers in Space, which is the season that succeeded Turbo, we got to see what was sort of soft, soft reboots. Okay. They, they were still technically in the same continuity, but the writers would not bend over backwards to make continuity make sense. Uh, for good and ill, mm -hmm. I, think, I think there's a lot of benefits to uh, letting the, giving the writers a lot of freedom to not worry about continuity. At the same time, I feel like it led to a lot of stupid moments. Uh, there are several seasons of Power Rangers where the Power Rangers will go, oh, the Power Rangers, you mean those, they're not real. There's those fake kid, kid, uh, kid story characters. You know, they're, they're comic book characters, which is really weird because, again, this is during the same universe. And in earlier seasons, the Power Rangers were on a talk show, a TV <laughs> And they saved the world from Armageddon. So, um, so you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. And but but then several nine seasons later, they're being relegated to fictional characters. So again, soft reboots. Mm -hmm. They're not. They don't strain about continuity, um, which I think has led to a lot of great stories and a lot of WTF moments. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, 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 I am mostly a continuity junkie. Um, one of my favorite comic book runs was uh, JSA, like the early '90s, the mid 2000s JSA, okay. which was super continuity heavy. Are we talking? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Is this James Robinson or Jeff Johns at this point? The, it, it, it's actually three. It's James Robinson. Then it was David Goyer and Jeff Johns. And then it was only James Jeff Johns. Ah, okay. Uh, so, so that that was the. It's understandable that you'd be confused, but uh, I will say, even though those are those are three very different creative voices, mm -hmm. uh, I I feel like the run from start to finish maintained a, a pretty consistent vibe, um, and that vibe was very continuity heavy. Um, like it, like oh my god, every, every other issue they were making a love letter to, a, to an obscure golden age character. It was really mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. um, so, so 
so so I, I, I think continuity should be viewed as a tool that you can use to make your story better. Mm-hmm. I can understand, though, if you're just a guy who, you know, just wants to tell a really, really interesting story about teenagers fighting robots. And, and if you have such a great take, run with it and worry about it later. Mm-hmm. The only issue is that the Power Ranger franchise never got back to it after worrying about it later. <laughs> So like uh, I, I I would love it I don't know I like I said good and ill I I do not think that that disregard excuse me I do not think disregarding Power Rangers has been the worst thing to happen to the franchise but it's it'd be not, and that's another thing that the Boon comics have done incredible uh, incredibly uh, as a boon a boon for Boom they they have gone out of their way to kind of fix some continuity hiccups which i love uh shattered grid has a great great explanation for for where uh a space colony in 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 the season lost galaxy so like in in lost galaxy there is a huge space colony called terra venture that goes out into space um like like starfleet level technology the season before that, it was just like regular human society. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were doing like NASA space shuttles. They went from NASA space shuttles to a Starfleet spaceship in in a year. Uh, and this was the same cast of characters at this point. Or? Uh, no, um, no. It, it, this was when this was a, a, a turnover. Okay, but it was okay. the same universe. It was the same universe. Um. So, so it's just weird to see that technolo- technology jump. And then the next season to see technology go back to like, uh, no way, actually it, technology was never, I, I changed my answer. Technology was still pretty advanced. Uh, I don't know. It, it's like Batman animated series to Justice League. Okay. Okay. You know, like we're, we're like in, in Batman animated series, they're wh- whipping out Tommy guns mm-hmm. and they have old ham radios in Justice League. There's like, super advanced computers. Um, but they exist in the same world. I, uh, no, go ahead. I, I just don't feel like that, that, you know, like that's such an egregious thing to, to take my enjoyment out of the series. And like I said, Kyle Higgins and friends turned it into a plot point. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I appreciate, I, I, I just appreciate when continuity is used as a, as a story weapon. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know, make, Make contradictions work for you. Lean into it. Lean into the skid. Lean into it. Lean into it, man. So uh, um, I kind of, I, I, you know, I, I did a bunch of sort of uh, Wikipedia research as we were going into this podcast because I kind of wanted to see where Power Rangers comics were being published before. Boom. And they have bounced around. And so I, I looked at this. Apparently Marvel had them for a little bit. They were, there was like a couple of image one shots um, they were paper cuts, but they started at this publisher that I can't find anything oh, on. You called... forgot o- OG Valiant had them for a little bit. Oh yeah, okay, uh, yes, you're right. Uh, back when they were owned by Acclaim. Yeah. Um, the first publisher to pu- uh, to put out Power Rangers comics was Hamilton Comics. Now, yep. I kid you not, I cannot find like a separate wiki page just on the, on the history of this publisher. The only thing that I could find was that they also published a book, and we talked about this on Twitter, but 
Uh, it was called, uh, gosh darn it, Sir Charles Barkley and the Referee Murders. Which, by the way, I who owns who who now owns the Hamilton Comics library? Because that needs to get a reprint immediately. Well, you know why I can tell you know it needs to get a reprint. I found one site that was selling the book for a hundred and seventy five dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, now get that on Comicsology. <laughs> I need it. I need it. Oh my gosh! It's got uh, it, Barkley's Barkley's on the cover wearing this like yellow Dick Tracy wool trench coat. Why is he British? It's Sir Charles Barkley. Because I don't know, man. This was this was such a '90s thing, but not like one of the obvious '90s things. By the way, so, by the way, yeah. I was super intimidated by your research. Um. Because you you found because you found that gem, so like I, I was I was afraid that you know oh, oh man he's gonna know everything and I won't have anything to talk about. Oh no, I don't know I don't know shit and and it, and it's reasons like Sir Charles Barkley and the referee <laughs> murders. Oh no, they, I, like, that, I was... if you're gonna get distracted by a shiny object, that is the shiny object to get distracted by. Because then I just started <laughs> look, I st I started thinking of all these other like NBA players from the '90s who got lured into like goofy. Well, Michael did a Space Jam, so you need to do a Space Jam too. And so I'm thinking about like Kazam and and you know Shaq and the Fushnikins and those um those commercials where Larry Johnson dressed up like a grandmother thus inspiring Tyler Perry this uh, is going this is going away from uh from sports but it, it you know when I, I I always think of Space Jam I also kind of think of the dick uh or no deke I'm sorry the deke entertainment equivalent MC Hammer's Hammerman oh yes that was my yeah. jam and it was MC Hammer's Hammerman uh, with his arch enemy Rapolian. <laughs> and he had the um, talking shoes that made him dance. Shoes. Oh, yeah. And, um, and of course, they're around the same time as, I'm going to tie this back, Pro Stars, which was a Saturday morning cartoon that featured Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and uh, Wayne Gretzky solving mysteries. <laughs> they're always solving. Those sports stars are so inquisitive. Aren't they? Aren't they just though? Also, I want to ask, do you, like, because I, I, I did reference this in our – Dan and I kind of go on little Twitter conversations with each other. It's like we're having a podcast with our – I think it's called a conversation. I don't know. Anyway. I think, it's um, called, I think the kids call it a thread. I don't know. Yeah, a thread, a human interaction. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's just weird that no one is, like, you know, getting the feed for it. I don't know. I don't understand. Anyway, um, I, I, I pose the question if – uh, or no, you 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 brought up him fighting Godzilla. Yes. So then, so then I, I pose up the follow up question: Does Sir Charles Barkley and the mystery of the referee murders, when he fought Godzilla, Charles Barkley versus Godzilla, and Space Jam all exist in the same universe? Now, okay, that's the kind of thing you wouldn't see in the nineties. That is a very two thousand tens thing. The shared yeah. universe. Thanks, Marvel. That's um, why we gotta we gotta <laughs> dude. I, I, wait, by the way. Did you see uh, – I, I don't know what Sony is doing. The new abbreviation for their universe name? Are you talking about the Spider-Man stuff or – Yeah. Uh, what is it? The Sony Universe of Marvel movies. That, that's ass. Yeah. Like, that's just too many words. I thought DC Expanded Universe was a bad name. It, but... it, it's, it's like, um, Sony, we also have Marvel stuff. 
Yeah. I. By the way, have <laughs> hey, Sony. Hey guys, Morbius. Morbius, you guys. Oh my god. I. You know what movie I really, really want? What's that? I wanted the Aunt May movie for one reason. You wanted her to become a Herald of Galactus. No, I wanted it to be. <laughs> I wanted it to be. No one else thought about this but me. Do you know what that movie probably was? It it was probably an adaptation of that Mark Millar comic. Go on. Do you, do you remember the... It, so this was back when Marvel... I forget what the imprint was called. But they were experimenting with romance comics. And and Mark Millar actually did a miniseries about a young Aunt May, a young Ben Parker, and then the young parents of, of Peter and... Uh, and his his parents, I forget what their names are. Richard and Mary, but I don't I don't remember this. I do not. Wait, hold on, I got I got to look it up while we're talking about. No anyway, problem. the comic ends with turning out that Uncle Ben is Peter's biological father. Oh man, it, I, was, I was just going to rip off Miles from explaining the X Men and yell what? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really really it, it it's romance, but it's not like the really sophisticated, clever romance we're now getting. It was like super trashy romance books. That's um, gross. I've always said Mark Millar is hit or miss with me. When I like him, I really like him. And when I don't, I really don't. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, th- again, this is nothing about him personally. I'm talking about his writing. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I got to clarify it in, in this age, Dan. Uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. I, th- talk about something. I got to look this up. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um Oh, I could always just edit out the dead air, but let me oh, see if I have trouble, trouble, trouble from uh, from Epic Comics. It, the imprint was Epic Comics. Okay, all right. Now here here's another thing. By the way, they are never called. It is never explicitly stated that this is the men May Ben Richard and what you said Mary. Yes. Uh, of the of the Marvel universe. But they are born. They are they are teenagers in the same time period as they would be, and they all have the exact same names, and they pair off the exact same way. How do you so, go and call it? How do you go? How do you call it trouble? Like people are going to recognize from the title that that's. I have no idea. But anyway, that's bad going SEO. Back, <laughs> going back to my point. Yeah. I'm. Pr- no one has. There is nothing to back this up. There is nothing to back this up. But I have convinced myself that the Aunt May movie was going to be a trouble adaptation. Ugh. Well, I, I'm glad they didn't do that. I want it. No, dude. Are you, I, I, admittedly, I hate myself and I hate watching Fifty Shades of Grey. But like, I, I, I would, I would love to see this. You know. Uh, oh, by the way, you want to hear something really, really weird? Do, do you know who did the artwork for Trouble? Uh, it's probably going to be somebody I love. Who is it? Terry and Rachel Dodson. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's a romance comp. The, the, the Dodson style is perfect for that. It, it is. It totally is. No, I, I love them. But, like, I, I don't know. I just think that it's, um, yeah, so, tr- I think more people need to know about this awful comic, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's how we move the needle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know what everyone wanted was Aunt May. Wait. Oh, man. I totally forgot about this. There's a panel of – I'm pretty sure that's Aunt May holding a condom, and she says, face it, tiger. You just hit the jackpot. No, stop it. Yeah, 100%. Oh, 
Oh my god. Oh Jesus Christ. I'm gonna be I'm sick. Gonna, and again, it's beautiful Dodson art, but uh for, I, I'm sending this to you on Facebook. You can see this later. <laughs> oh no! Oh, did you just see it? Did you get it? Oh! <laughs> I can't unsee that! What were you talking about? This is a Power Ranger podcast, right? <laughs> it is! It is! Oh god, okay. Oh, yeah, I remember. Let me steer out of this. <laughs> Wait. I know you have, You probably have to do a Power Ranger image for the thumbnail, but could that be the thumbnail? No. <laughs> it's so good. It's so awful. I love it. Thank you, Mark Millar. Um, what were we... Oh, yeah, so Power Rangers. I was super intimidated because I didn't know how far your research would get a go, was going to go, and I didn't know if I would have anything to talk about. Um. <laughs> But then earlier today, as of this recording, yeah, uh, you apparently are are unaware of shell shock, or shell shock. Is 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 that the the Power Rangers Ninja Turtles crossover that it I, is, yeah, it is I the, yes I was unaware of it. All right, so uh, so Power Rangers was originally created by uh, Saban Entertainment. Yes, uh, named after one of the creators of Power Rangers, Heim Saban. Um, that's why it's always Saban's. Power Rangers. Although yes. I'm pretty sure now it's going to be Hasbro's Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. um, sorry. Um, he also, his company also did other shows. Uh, a lot of the times they would either be adaptations of anime like Digimon uh, and, and some more obscure anime like Shinzo and Moncoli Knights. Okay. Uh, occasional, and then also they would do other Power Rangers styled shows, which I can't believe it's 40 minutes into the podcast, but um, the way Power Rangers is made it is uh, they take footage from licensed Japanese TV shows and interconnect it with original American footage. All right, I'm going to hit pause on this. Are they? I I I, I knew that the original uh, Power Rangers did that. Is that still? You're speaking in present tense. Is that still a thing they do? 100. percent Wow. Uh, and I, okay, so there's a lot of community conversation about this element of the franchise. Okay. There have been people who wanted the franchise to stop the tradition, to film 100% American footage, 100% American costumes, 100% American ideas, so on and so forth. Even suggesting maybe turn it into an animated series. Okay, um, I can see that. I'm totally fine with all of that as supplemental to 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 to, to Power Rangers. Like, if you want to make more Power Ranger stuff, I'm fine with it. I personally think there's something so unique about how Power Rangers does things, mm -hmm. and I kind of am also fine, especially because the Japanese shows are still being made. You know, Super Sentai is the is the name of the overarching franchise of Power Rangers. Okay. Uh, or, or the Japanese shows that become Power Rangers. Uh, and Super Sentai keeps making new shows. Uh, as long as Super Sentai does it, I think Power Rangers should too. Um, because it, it it's I think it's so in, it's so in, it, it it's a great way to save money if you you know just from a practical production standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, because half or a third of your show is already made. 
Um, but beyond that, I, I think there's such an interesting sort of improv imp, uh, improv element to it mm-hmm. of, of the writers looking at these Japanese shows and thinking, okay, what can we do? Sometimes they have, especially in recent years, a lot of shows have just been straight up adaptations of the Japanese series. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes to the detriment of the season, as in, is in the case of some stuff like Power Rangers Samurai, which is a, a, like a direct, even the scripts, translation of the Japanese show it was based on. Okay. This is only, I can't speak to other fans. I, as a fan, enjoy it when the shows are as far away from the Sentai plots as possible. Maybe taking a character, maybe taking a plot point, I'm fine with, but I enjoy it when Power Rangers decides to make something completely different out of all of this different footage, contrary footage, and debatably one of the best Power Rangers series is Power Rangers RPM. Uh, Power Rangers RPM, the Japanese show, was about sort of race car drivers becoming superheroes and fighting polluting robots. This is the Japanese show. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what what Power Rangers did with that? What'd they do? They turned it into a Mad Max Terminator sci-fi dystopia. That's pretty rad. Where two-thirds of the planet's population are dead. And the majority of humanity lives in this domed city, fending off robot attackers. Admittedly, that idea meant they had to shoot a lot of new footage. Yeah. Which the producers didn't like. Because <laughs> it costs money! Because it costs money! But I felt it made for really cool stories! Especially because... The show was so smart, and it would reference all of the, like, uh, uh, Go Onger is the Japanese show that Power Rangers RPM became. Okay. In Go Onger, the Zords are race cars with anime eyes. Oh, God. So, Big like, on- like, like a Japanese version of cars? Basically, yeah. Uh, they had to explain that in the show, in, in a show that's taking itself relatively seriously. <laughs> And they did a great note. They go like, oh, no, those are superconductive lenses that absorb solar radiation to power the Zords. Sure. I I love it. I totally love it. Like, no, run with it. Run with it. And and but make something new. Um, So so I, I, I absolutely and I understand it's a total nightmare for these writers. It's a total nightmare to, to take these Japanese shows and 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 I I un, I get it. It's so much easier to just make it an American version of it. But I I seriously think it's a disservice to what comes before. That's just me. Okay. Well, um, um, as we're kind of winding winding down, as we're kind of heading into oh, a, a new era of of the Power Rangers comics, what is one thing that you're kind of hoping to see, you know, in the in the months ahead? Can I expand this question a little bit? Sure. Because uh, I want because because you can't to me you can't talk about the future of Power Rangers without without talking about the Hasbro takeover, okay. uh, mm-hmm. which is like uh, Saban Brands wholesale so sold all of their resources to Hasbro 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they are now the, the stewards of the brand. Right. Um, admittedly, they have basically hired, I'm pretty sure, all of the old guard. Like, all the people who were working at Saban are now still working at Hasbro. Okay. But there still is, like, an era of new, an aura of newness going on. And there's still, like, an aura of, like, innovation happening. Everything they've announced uh, about, like, the stuff that they have announced, about the, the, new, the new season of television that's coming out next year, mm-hmm. about the, the new toys coming out, and so on and so forth, it, there's, this, there's just this, like, spark of, of imagination and, and freshness that I feel we've been lacking a little bit in, in, the, in what is called the Neo-Saban era. Because it started – quick history of Power Rangers ownership. It started out Saban. Saban owned was sold it to Disney. Disney sold it back to Saban, and they've been doing it for a while. But they now sold it to Hasbro. You're now, all caught up. That was that. Well, actually, that's one thing that fascinates me. Disney let go of a franchise. It it was no longer profitable. That it that was, blows my mind. <laughs> it was no. It it was it was uh yeah. Um. Also, for the record, I feel this is a speculation. Mm-hmm. If Disney owned Marvel when it owned Power Rangers, I don't feel like it would have sold Power Rangers. Yeah, um, okay. That's just speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also kind of think that selling Power Rangers is, is, is something that further incentivized them to buy Marvel. But that's super speculation. Okay. Um, I mean, so like... Uh, this is a little behind the curtain stuff. And again, a lot of Power Rangers behind the scenes information is really, really hush hush. So it's hard to find out about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the understanding of the fans that the original, original idea when Disney bought Power Rangers in like 2003 was to stop making new shows and just do it in syndication. Mm-hmm. So, so they really only wanted just like a, the other thing was they they wanted a, a boy pro- they considered the princesses to be their girls property and they really really wanted a, a quote unquote boy uh, you know what marketing might have changed in the past few years so this is this is early 2000s thinking oh sure um you know they, they wanted a quote unquote boys property to to appeal to, to to the young male demographic uh and and they saw power rangers as the disney princess equivalent to that and that's mm. very much how it was marketed um uh, I, I, I just feel like, I, I, I guess, uh, especially with how much RPM cost, cause RPM was like the last season Disney did. Mm-hmm. I, I just f- feel like they, they just thought it was more trouble than what it was worth. And Haim Saban had a really good, ch- a really big check for them. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's just, bit, you know, sometimes it's bit, you cut your losses, I guess. Absolutely. Um, and then, yes, and Hasbro now Hasbro has a, had a giant check for him. And he, I, that's the, I, I, I'm not a business guy. It's really, really impressive to me that Haim Saban made a small fortune twice. Like, like it's both. Amer- yeah. It's the American dream. Yeah. It, pre- pretty much. <laughs> uh, Gordon, Gordon Gecko is smiling from <laughs> heavens on high. Uh, anyway, um. I was going. Uh, there was a point somewhere in this madness. Um, oh, yeah, Hasbro. So 
Hasbro just seems to have like a really good handle on things. And I feel, and I feel, especially with their experience working with IDW, mm-hmm. I, I, I really feel that's going to go in to this new era that we're entering in the comics. All, uh, the official Power Ranger convention happened a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. Power Morphicon. Um, all the stuff they announced then was really, really interesting about where the comic is going to go in the future. Uh-huh. Uh, was was totally fascinating to me, uh, and I love Margaret Bennett so much. I think she's such a great talent, and I, I like Animosity is one of my favorite ongoings right now. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if you you've read any of that. I, I haven't. It's really good, dude. It's like it's honestly like The Walking Dead if all of the zombies were adorable and smart. <laughs> it's 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 really good. Uh, she she's a really really she's another shooting star in my opinion. Like just like 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 destined to be one of the greats. So um, to hear her going to the brand, and 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 then to hear that her first story arc is gonna. It, the, those six rangers, her her ranger team, mm-hmm. is such a it's such a great uh, assortment of various characters uh, from across the franchise's history, uh, who I also think are ready for uh, exploration, like uh, the deep uh, pathos exploration that I know that Margaret Bennett is going to bring to the table. That's um, awesome. So so I, I'm I'm super optimistic and Andrew, uh, I think that's the perfect note to kind of wrap oh, this yeah. up on um how can people follow you online if you in yeah. fact wish to be followed 100 i do uh, uh you can find me on twitter at the handle uh at profesh andrew uh i do work for you don't read comics i do work for comic book resources i do my own personal stuff that i really need to get back to doing uh and i have some other stuff that i'm not ready to announce yet even in the future in september all right. That's well, awesome. Uh, yeah. Andrew, thanks for stopping by again. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. I, I really hope I can, I can come back. It's such a great podcast that you do here. And I, I, I love shooting the breeze with you about trouble for an hour. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thank you for introducing that to my life. Is that going to be our next episode? Oh, the trouble spotlight podcast. <laughs> no, you know what? No, hold on. You know, what? I, I, this is a, a challenge. To you WMQ comics listeners, I want you to request a trouble retrospective episode. Uh, and if you guys are loud enough, Dan has to do it. And then both of us will have to read trouble in its entirety and do a retrospective on it. So make your voices heard. You know, here, you know what? Hashtag WMQ trouble. Do it. 100% do it. You're, you're encouraging literally tens of people. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean, Dan. This is how you, this is how you start a following. <laughs> no, it, it, you know comic people. I'm sure you can get them to be interested in this. Um, that's true. Yeah. I could technically do that. Yeah, you know. You, <laughs> thank you for having me on, Dan. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Monday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics. You can follow WMQComics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote. 
Finally, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views. And we'll see you next time. WMQA. Hashtag WMQ Trouble.